Good evening and welcome to the Psychic Coffee Shop. I'm Ace tonight. Of course, with me tonight is the lover boy himself, the lovely cubby himself. Hey, Joe. Are you darlings? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Somewhat upset. Oh, you're somewhat upset. Well, first, don't we need to say, like, I don't know, happy Valentine's Day to everyone? Well, yes, happy Valentine's Day to everyone, okay. but I'm a little upset. Okay. My arrows didn't come in this year. Your what? Arrows. Your arrows? Yeah. Why do you need arrows? Yes. Okay. <sighs> what well, are you doing? gets the heat shoot people? I should be able to shoot people with arrows. No. No. That's not how that works. We add that to the flamethrower list. <laughs> Thanks, and now arrows. Like you've you've killed archery now. Thank you. He has. Just wants an arrows that could be useful to shoot people, especially boyfriends. Excuse me. Do not understand Valentine's Day. Who do oh. not get the memo that if you have gone out with a date within the last thirty days, that woman deserves flowers. Like, I mean, at least try. I mean, basic like, damn text message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's really basic, but that, yeah. that'll... That, that, oh. I don't know. Some people struggle with it. I don't think it's just women. Like, I, like if you've dated anyone in the last 30 days... Yeah. And, and seriously, like, do do something. Yeah. Like, if the date went well, right. or if you've been dating for 30 days, let's put it that way. Exactly. Like, don't go crazy, though. Now, that's the flip side. Is there's a lot of people that get into a brand new relationship right before Valentine's mm -hmm. Day. And then I don't know what the hell is wrong with them. They set the bar too high. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you've only been dating for, like, 60 to, you know, 30 to 60 days. Right. Be careful. Right. Like, if if, 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 if you're buying, like, $1,000 worth of jewelry and you book the most expensive restaurant in town and, like, you, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, too much. Too much. Too much. Way too much for a 60-day relationship. Mm -mm, no. Mm -mm. like nope sorry that's that's a one year or more it is it is and you know you know it's like it's simple they want candy they want flowers they want a text message they want a phone call they want a facebook status those would be perfectly good uh -huh. absolutely and if you already know that there's a missus with your or a mister or an other they them mm -hmm. um with with your beloved 
Um, your days the twenty uh, is what the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Yes. Like yeah, no, no. If if like no. Mm -hmm. Don't even get upset. Don't. No. You knew. You knew. You know. You knew. Yes. You get Boxing Day. You get Meta Day, which is the twenty eighth. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if if you're a male, it's March fourteenth. It can be. It is. <laughs> it can be. Okay. This uh -huh. is not complicated rocket science. Although I really do think I need to write a book called How to Be a Mistress because apparently it's a dying art. You know, well, and more, it's like the death of common sense. Well, it's, it's like. It's the death of, you know, conversation. It's the death of understanding exactly what you're getting here. Mm -hmm. Well, and generally speaking, and, and I'm just talking like rational self-interest. If if nothing else, have some rational self-interest. Right. Um, think it through. Right. You're going to tick off like today of all days. Right. You're, you're going to chance ticking off the spouse. Right. Like, I'm sorry, that means that, you know, any potential opportunity you had mm -hmm. is going to die quickly. Right. Like, not to mention, like, if they've got money, they won't after this divorce. Well, not to mention, don't be stupid. It is not your relationship. Right. Okay. Very true, very true. All right, so you have one in your box there about this. Uh, and I'm getting worried because this is only in Ohio. Okay. So, yeah, we had an Ohio train derailment. Mm -hmm. um, so Axios brings us what we know about the Ohio train derailment. And so hundreds of people evacuated in Ohio town after a freight train carrying hazardous materials derailed on February 3rd, and the company was forced to vent and burn carcinogenic chemicals from crashed train cars. Um, so the Norfolk Southern train was pulling at least five tanker cars containing vinyl chloride, a colorless but hazardous gas used to produce PVC plastic and vinyl products. Um, Norfolk Southern officials said some of the cars carrying the vinyl chloride were not breached during the crash, but were at risk of exploding. So crews released and burned their contents on February 6th, creating a massive smoke plume above the town for several hours. Um, so Ohio Governor Mike DeWine said on Tuesday he authorized the operation of the release and burning of the vinyl chloride at the crash site, saying officials faced two bad options between potentially letting a car containing the material material explode or doing the release. Mm -hmm. um, so now all this apparently traces back to a mechanical issue with an axle on one of the 150 cars um, that it's believed to be uh, the cause of the derailment of at least 50, 50 train cars. Um, though the National Transportation Safety Board has not yet made any official determination of cause. Mm -hmm. So well, see, there's, yeah, go for it. Well, see, what worries me is we're, you know, we are in West Virginia. This is in Ohio. 
We have a downward slope currently in the, um, oh, what is that, air current thing. So where the hell is those clouds going that they just yes. burnt off? Uh, yeah. 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 All right. They still have not been able to let some people back in. There's been reports of asthmatic symptoms. Asthmatics are going insane. They're also, and when I say insane, that means they're having to use their inhalers. They're probably on oxygen. If you are in this area, go for vacation. Get an Airbnb and stay out of town for a month if possible. Yeah, two, well, two days after the company vented and burned the vinyl chloride, East Palestine residents who evacu evacuated were allowed... East Palestine? Ooh, I'm sorry. Just sometimes yeah, you just can't make this up. Um, residents who evacuated were allowed to return their homes but have complained of smells, headaches, nausea, and other ailments, according to the Washington Post. Acute exposure to high levels of vinyl chloride, a classified human carcinogen, in the air has been linked to central nervous system effects, while chronic exposure has been shown to cause liver damage, including a rare form of liver cancer, according to the EPA. When vinyl chloride burns, it decomposes into hydrogen chloride and uh, phosgene. According to the International Program on Chemical Safety, uh, phosgene is highly poisonous and was used extensively during World War I as a choking agent, while hydrogen chloride is irritating and corrosive to any tissue with which it comes into contact. Oh, that's just lovely. Um, so the EPA on Sunday said it had not detected any, quote, levels of concern, end quote, of hazardous substances released during or after the crash, though the agency is continuing to monitor the air throughout East Palestine, including inside uh, at least 210 homes. Um, so they're also investigating soil and surface water contamination near the crash site had collected spilled material in, near, uh, in a nearby stream, Sulphur Run. It just gets worse somehow, um, because Sulphur Run sounds like you already knew you had a problem with that river when you named it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that stream, excuse me. Right. Um, so it said Norfolk Southern has uh, had installed a dam and water bypass system in the stream to prevent contamination of downstream waters, though it did not say when they were installed. Um, in a letter sent to the company on February 10th, the EPA said substances released during the incident were observed and detected in samples from Sulphur Run, Leslie Run, Bull Creek, North Fork, uh, North Fork Little Beaver Creek, Little Beaver Creek, and the Ohio River, and were also observed entering storm drains. Yeah, and we don't know where those storm drains go to. Uh, well, the, the fact that it's in the Ohio River. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things in the Ohio River, okay? Well, we could possibly, I don't know, find, you know, a few cars, a couple bodies. Yeah, well, you know. We don't add. Monster. Can, can we all just agree, don't add? Yes. Don't add. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Norfolk Southern's response to the community, it has so far completed more than 400 in-home air tests with the EPA, 
which have not shown any detection of substances related to the incident and does not indicate a health risk. The company said on February 13th, it has donated 220,000 to the town's fire department to replace breathing apparatuses used by firefighters, 25,000 to the Ohio Red Cross to support a shelter set up at East Palestine High School, and around 100 air purifiers for residents. Um, it also says it is awaiting results from samples taken from the East Palestine's drinking water supply wells, drinking water system, and private wells in potentially affected areas, and has started excavating soil from the crash site and would sample the soil before disposal. Well, it's going to have to be more than sample. They're going to have to concrete it, okay? Like, this stuff is nasty as hell. In oh, the air, yeah. In the ground. And, you know, this is the same train company that hid, I repeat, hid safety violations. Mm-hmm. Okay. And ran I mean, during the pandemic just to be running on one of the major airlines. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Nor- but then again, Norfolk Southern is still a major operator who handles a lot of chemical transport. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, they handle a lot of transport, period, but right. a fair number of that or amount of that is going to be chemical, mm-hmm. especially between West Virginia and Ohio. Right. So, yeah, I, it's not surprising. It's one of those moments, though. Um, we all get concerned when we start talking about, like, Mountain Valley Pipeline, mm-hmm. um, that big, giant fiasco project, uh, which right. has done a lot of damage without being completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, let alone uh, the potential it has um, as that, like, because you build the brand new pipeline and everything can be great for a very long time. Right. Um, the only problem is, is if you fail to maintain that, if there is not constant responsibility for that, um, it's much like the Keystone Pipeline, right. which we have seen chronically um, fail um, due to just absolute neglect and inability to actually maintain that appropriately um so the fact that we turn around and we have as much of a track record of safety as we do with as much as our railroads are hauling right because it's not just this one chemical it's not just 10 chemicals it's not just a you know it's potentially thousands upon thousands of chemicals they're hauling um at, at any given point right the fact that we have as much safety as we do is impressive that these are horrific events that shock us mm-hmm. um not daily occurrences that are constantly threatening our ecology so I do give them credit for that, especially with a failing infrastructure known as the railroad. Um, given that you know that is a very neglected structure. Um, I mean, and we've really in the U.S. have been stupid with it. Um, okay. We took it apart and turned it into walking trails. We've dismantled yeah. it for public transportation. Um, for those wondering, I unfortunately just received news that um, Yvonne Frost, Gavin Frost's uh, wife, passed away earlier today. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, one of the 
again, um, forerunners of the Wiccan religion. So sending great um, comfort to them mm -hmm. um, with that. Okay. So hmm. we've also seen some announcements. We're going through some changing phases in the government. Finally, someone's retiring. Not someone I wish were to retire, but they are retiring. Yes. So, Senator Dianne Feinstein's announcement Tuesday that she will not run for re-election next year is no surprise. At 89, Feinstein is the oldest sitting senator and California's longest-serving senator. Uh, she has earned retirement. Yes. Um, but it is do yeah, well earned. Well earned. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot on this show, I should say, point out. Like, we talk a lot about, like, some of these uh, people need to fucking retire. Um, I, I will say that, like, Feinstein has been phenomenal for trying to, to do her best to keep up and yeah. stay relevant mm -hmm. in the legislation that, that she deals with. Right. Like she, she is the exception to the rule, not the example of the rule. Um, you know, not that she's perfect. Right. I'm just saying she's done quite well. Right. Um. So yeah. Nevertheless, it's a loss for California and the country. Few elected leaders can match Feinstein's record of achievement over the decades, or her steadfast commitment to championing the causes most important to Californians environmental protection, gun control, and immigration reform, to name a few. Mm -hmm. uh, Feinstein was a trailblazer in California politics, forging a path for other women to win office. In 1969, she became the first woman elected to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. She became acting mayor of San Francisco in 1978 after the murders of Mayor uh, George Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk and went on to be elected as mayor, the first woman to do so. In 92, California elected its first two female senators, Feinstein and Barbara Boxer. When, Bar uh, when Boxer retired in 2016, Camilla Harris was elected to replace her. Um, so, yeah. 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 You know, so there's a legacy there. You know, oh, yeah. Because she authored the 1994 ban on military-style assault weapons, um, that drove down crime committed with them until the law sunsetted in 2004 mm -hmm. um, and tried to pass another ban in 2017. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, she has, she has a tenacious record. Right. Like, she has a very tenacious record, and it's very sad to see her go, and I hope her replacement will be absolutely just as amazing, if not more. Oh, I hope she's more like Feinstein's one of those that I hope that they replace with someone that has learned from her caliber, um, mm -hmm. learned from her skill, and also learned to not take crap. She's also been known to throw things at sitting congressmen, as she should. As she should. As yeah. she should. I can back that. As she should. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, she's, she's, she's been a phenomenal Senator. Right. Um, like really she is the exception, not the example. Right. Um, so yes. yes. Oh. But at 90, 
Well, quickly approaching 90. Yes. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Well-earned. That's a difference. Sure. She's well-earned. True. True, true. All right. So, you know, we are going to take a break. We will be mm -hmm. back. Uh, and when we come back, we've got to talk about something up in the sky. And we're not talking astrology this time. Ah. All right. So we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dottie the Psychic, and I'm sure you're wondering why I'm not wearing any makeup. Well, one reason is to irritate my social media manager, Asen Knight. Hi, Asen. The other reason is because I like to get to the naked truth about what it means to be a neurodivergent LGBT person with psychic abilities. I've got vlogs, blogs, and podcasts, and videos all related to try to live my best life and helping witches and bitches do the same thing. So, you can check all that out and get a reading from Dottie the Psychic at D-O-T-T-I-E the Psychic.com. Safe travel and much profit to you. Do you have a cute pet? We know you do. Each week, Tracy Van chooses from submitted photos a featured reader for her Facebook page and provides a tarot reading. Your adorable pet cat, dog, rabbit, goat, chicken, snake, or more could be her next featured reader. Visit TracyVan.com, T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com, and click Featured Reader to submit. We look forward to seeing your pet next. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here, and I am here to tell you how to get in contact with me and a little bit about what I do. I am the High Priestess that works with shadow work to help you grow and heal. And I work with um, <clears throat> access bars, Reiki, I do power forms. I'm recently getting into crystal healing, sound therapy as well. So you can go to Lady Gwendolyn Healing, that is L-A-D-Y-G-W-E-N-D-O-L-Y-N-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Book your appointment with me. I do in person. I do over the phone. I do over Zoom. We can do that as well. Um, my main goal is to help you grow and heal because I've been there, I'm still going through it, and I let my strength help guide you. See you soon. Hey everybody, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com, visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils, bombs, mystery boxes, and more. And visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one -on -one session with me or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at the Pendulum's Path, and let's get you back on the right track today. 
right, welcome back. Yes. So this past week, there's been a little bit of a uh, new thing in the news. And I really think they're testing to see what is going on in our airspace, where they can get through, and if they can get through. Yes. So, yeah, CNN Politics brings us here is what we know about the unidentified object shot down over North America. Oh, this will be fun. A high-altitude object was shot down near Lake Huron on Sunday afternoon, marking the fourth time in just over a week that the U.S. military has taken down objects in North American airspace. On Saturday, an unidentified object was downed over northern Canada, a day after another object had been shot down over Alaska airspace by U.S. F-22. Last weekend, a Chinese surveillance balloon was taken down by F-22s off the coast of South Carolina. Um, there's no indication at this point that the unidentified objects have any connection to China's surveillance balloon, but it seems that national security officials across the continent remain on edge. Uh, Democratic Representative uh, Elisa Slotkin of Michigan said Sunday that the operation to down the object near Lake Huron was carried out by pilots from the United States Air Force and National Guard. CNN initially reported that the object was shot down over Lake Huron based on what sources said to CNN and a public tweet by Republicans, uh, Representatives Jack Bergman of Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, the object was first detected by the North American Aerospace Defense Command and the United States North uh, Northern Command over Montana on Saturday night. Uh, and fighter aircraft were sent to investigate, a senior administration official told CNN. At the time, those planes did not identify any object to correlate to the radar hits, which led NORAD and NORTHCOM to believe it was an anomaly. But on Sunday, defense... Oh, go ahead. Well, and then the commander of... Nor of uh, hmm. Let me see if I can get his name right of uh, it. Um... 20,000 feet. Uh, military commander said it was a gaseous type of balloon or some type of uh, or some type of propulsion system. He added, we could not rule out the object as being extraterrestrial. This is the latest object taken down over Lake Huron nor near the Canadian border has been described by the fence officers as an unmanned octagon structure that with strings attached to it it was drowned literally while we were in air on with mountain bears um and this incident raises further questions about high altitude objects being shot down over the north north america in this month's u.s commander general glenn van hecht said that there is no indication of any threat i'm not going to characterize them as balloons we're going to cater. We're calling them objects for a reason," he said. "What we are seeing is very, very small objects that produce a very, very low radar cross signal. Suspicions of what these objects may be has intelligent and intensified in recently. I will let the intelligent community and the counterterrorism community figure that out," Glenn uh, Van Heck said. 
what I what when it's asked if possible if the objects are alien or extraterrestrial, I haven't ruled out anything at this point. Hey, there you go. Well, earlier Sunday, before the shooting down of the object near Lake Huron, lawmakers on Capitol Hill offered a range of responses to the recent developments. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner told CNN that the Biden administration does appear, quote, somewhat trigger happy, end quote, in how it dealt with objects over the weekend after allowing the first spotted balloon to fly across the country. Again, difference in the objects. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I really don't think he can emphasize that enough. It, it's sort of like the difference between how much effort do you think in your personal home defense you're going to mount against, I don't know, the entire United States Army versus how much effort are you going to mount in your personal home defense against two or three armed intruders? Like, it's, it's, it's a big difference. Big difference. Yeah, so. Like, something the size of a small car being shot down poses much less of a threat than something the size of three school buses. That's a huge difference in size. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, do, are we being invaded by aliens? No. Do I think they're testing our defenses and seeing exactly where they have options to get items through our airspace? Like, I don't know, those drones and everything else? Yes. Oh, okay. And I no. don't know. I don't know. Which is interesting because we have the February 4th incident that took place and it took them to the 9th, I believe, to shoot down. Then we have the February 10th incident, the February 11th incident, the February 13th incident, and I believe there's another one today, was there not? Oh, was there? Sorry, I've been on the road, guys. I miss things. Well, oh, it's been a lot of driving. It's been a lot of driving. Um, And, you know, China's on the defense of, oh, the balloon wasn't, you know, a threat, you know, it, you know, the, this brazen act. Oops, we lost control. We lost control. You destroyed our equipment. Yeah, I don't think anyone's buying that. I'm not buying it. I mean, we, we destroyed their equipment. That's fair enough. Oh, I don't think we destroyed their equipment. I think we pushed a pin and made it drop, and now they were sending out what I think is recovery, I think, trying to see if they could recover the data mm-hmm. that they lost. Because mm-hmm. think about it. If you lose something, you're going to try to catch it again. Um, and I think that they did the new, I do mean new, um, surveillance radar equipment that we installed this year or last year is catching mm-hmm. a lot more than you think. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Maybe Space Force wasn't a bad idea. Well, I don't think Space Force is a bad idea, but at the same time, I think that we need we need high-definition radar covering the whole United States and its airspace and on our ships, and I don't think that we've installed it. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting week in unidentified flying objects. Well, it's been an interesting week for the UFO community. I, you know, it has been. I'm sure that is a conversation that has gone wild. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. I, like, but you know, 2023 being the year of the UFO. Well, seems to yeah. fit for the 2020s. It does, it does. Just kinda, you know, and I want to remind people that we are not the the visiting place for aliens. Matter of fact, we're a little worried that they're going to like get mad that we took out their Uber drivers. I have seen comments about that on Twitter. I've replied back. Uber drivers would have gotten lost here. Like, no, no, no. There's there's no alien Uber hit is stopping here. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like trying to hail a cab in Hell's Kitchen. Exactly. Like, good luck. Yes. Like, mm -mm, no, no. Lock the doors. Drive faster. Right. That's that's the neighborhood of the galaxy I believe we're in. Yeah. Lock the doors. Speed up. <laughs> Skip over us. Mm-hmm. Just... Mm -hmm. We're one of those flyover planets, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sort of like flyover states, but right. Like we're not even a flyover, we're in a void. Yeah. It's like no 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 no. Pump. Especially breaks. after the last four years. They don't need comedy entertainment. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So that happened. <laughs> so that happened. Now we all know that Asen is watching the Murdoch trial. Go mm -hmm. ahead and dig into the news and then we'll talk about this. All right. So Murdoch's sister in law saw odd behavior after killings. Alex Murdoch's sister in law testified Tuesday in his double murder trial that she thought it was odd that he didn't seem uh, scared in the weeks after his son Paul and wife Maggie, were killed at their South Carolina home. Uh, Marion Proctor told jurors her family was distraught after the killings. She said Alex Murdaugh was devastated too, but that he said a few odd things about the deaths of his wife and son. Quote, he did not know who it was, but he thought whoever had done it had thought about it a really long time, uh, Proctor said. Uh, Alex Murdoch, 54, faces 30 years to life in prison if convicted of killing his 52-year-old wife and their 22-year-old son, whose bodies were found June 7, 2021, near the kennels at the hunting lodge where the disgraced attorney lived with his family. Proctor said Tuesday she had a great relationship with her nephew and her brother-in-law. Alex Murdoch spent time with his sister-in-laws after the killings as they all sorted through their grief. Oh, love the ads. But Proctor said that as time went on, there were some nagging doubts that entered her mind, especially Alex Murdoch's focus on Paul Murdoch, uh, uh, Murdoch's uh, role in a 2019 boat crash where a teenager died. Inves investigators said Paul Murdoch was driving the boat and charged him with boating under the influence. Quote, he said that his number one goal was clearing Paul's name, Proctor said, and I thought that was so strange because my number one goal was to find out who killed my sister and Paul. Uh, 
Uh, during cross-examination, Proctor said Maggie Murdaugh was adamant that her son wasn't driving the boat and wanted to clear his name, too. Proctor testified that Alex and Maggie Murdaugh had a special relationship with only occasional and typical disagreements. Um, it was good, Proctor said. It wasn't perfect, but Maggie was happy. Prosecutors wanted to ask Proctor about Maggie Murdaugh's suspicions uh, 15 years ago that her husband was having an affair, but the judge ruled that was too far past, uh, too far in the past to be relevant. Uh, Proctor testified her opinion of her brother-in-law started to change in uh, September 2021 when police said Alex Murdaugh asked a friend to kill him on the side of the road so his surviving son could get a $10 million life insurance policy. Done more than that, paid him a half a million dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, but the shot just grazed his head. Um, at the same time, news started to emerge that the uh, the investigators thought Alex Murdaugh stole from his family and law firm and clients. Murdaugh is facing about 10, uh, 100 other charges outside of murder. Uh, prosecutors have said Murdaugh killed his family to gain sympathy and then stall to try to cover up most of those crimes. The defense has said it is absurd to think a seasoned attorney like Murdaugh would believe scrutiny about his life would diminish if his wife and son were brutally killed. Earlier Tuesday, prosecutors called their 53rd witness of their case. Mm -hmm. Dale Davis lived down the road and fed and took care of the family's dogs at their kennels. Uh, Davis detailed where he kept each dog in the kennels, how and where water would pool when he washed out the kennels, and how he made sure the water didn't pool near the feed room because it was rotting the wood. Um, so, yeah, okay. So this just kind of digs into the nitty-gritty right. of the individual testimony. Oh, good grief. Well, and see, here's the thing. I, 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 you know, if we ever get a dog keeper, I want this dude. Okay? He knew the dog's. He knew what food they ate. He knew how often they fed. He knew where the water pulled at. He knew down to everything. And he was very picky about how his hose would got put up. Okay. As you know, in South Carolina, where it's hot, if you do not mm -hmm. put the water hose upright, it will split. Okay. So he detailed all that, and he looked at the picture. He's like, nope, dogs are in the wrong kennels. They're in the wrong spots. Miss Maggie wouldn't like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that water hose. I didn't do that. Yeah. So something occurred. That's what he testified to. Something occurred because everything's wrong. Well, not only that everything's wrong, but I because the defense has been trying to say, oh, they were down there cleaning the kennels. He's like, no, I cleaned the kennels before I left. Mm -hmm. Like the cleaners were cleaned at four thirty, everything was dried out, and you know, Miss Ma and could tell that like who had not done it, mm -hmm. you know, because him and Maggie apparently they done things the same way. She was very particular about where her dogs went, kind of like and we this are is like the neighbor and and uh, Maggie Murdoch. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify. Yeah, like he was very, and it was just amazing his memory because he'd look and go, "Nope, that dog's in the wrong kennel. That one's in the wrong." Miss Maggie would not have done this. 
And it's kind of like, you know, walking into my office and not seeing a coffee cup or two in here. <laughs> in here. Just two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, I impressive testimony, I'm sure. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I, fundamentally what I hear is that someone did it wrong. Mm -hmm. They did something. Right. Involved the kennels that night. That's what he can testify to. Right. Because I don't think he can specifically say, well, you see, the way the hose is, is put up, it was obviously Alex. No, because Alex never done the chores. He made right. that also obviously clear. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if Alex never took care of the dogs because it was he was too busy or it was beneath him, mm -hmm. that would be like you trying to handle Gizmo on a hike. Okay. You'd be able to do it, but you'd come back dead tired and ready to kill him. <laughs> I don't know. It may go better than you think. Yeah. Like, you in the New River. <laughs> oh, so I do find it interesting. There's this little uh, segment here at the very, uh, I believe, very end of the article. Yeah, very end of the article. There was no mention of COVID-19 in court Tuesday. On Monday, two jurors were dismissed after testing positive for the virus, and the clerk of court also has COVID, leading to worries that the virus has been spreading through the courtroom and could cause a delay or a mistrial. Yes, it's very possible. And if so, oh, goodness. But no, this like, can we even stomach, can anyone even stomach watching a second trial? Well, I think it would be a lot different trial. And here's why. GM finally mm -hmm. ponied up their evidence. Mm -hmm. Because he was driving a Chevy Suburban that had um, OnStar on it. So it's geotracked the whole nine yards, right? Mm -hmm. However, GM's like, oh, no, we ain't got that. We ain't got that. We ain't got that. We ain't got that. We don't that. have the data. We don't have the data. There's no data. Yeah. Suddenly, after they're called out on national TV, over the weekend, they suddenly found it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's doing for GM. Well, I'm wondering where the fuck the data was for a year because the FBI tried to hack it for a year and couldn't. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's a few things going on there, though. Mm -hmm. Like now that like you you basically just gave up the the whole thing that that yeah you're being tracked while you drive your right. OnStar enabled vehicle, which not like anyone surprised like we kind of figured. Yeah, but up. there was at least a hope that they were you know purging that data at different points. You know, like how much they retained, how much of it was like minute to minute. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, we can find your location, but we do not plot it. Right. Like, we're not sitting here gathering data that oh. will tell us that every Tuesday at four, you're banging your secretary. And every, you know, <laughs> Thursday, you pick up, you know, like fruit at this roadside stand. Right. But yet... Um, what they basically just divulged in this case is like, nope, we're doing that. Right. We, we're gathering all kinds of data on you, and we're not getting rid of it. Right. We can lay our hands on it. 
We just got to find it. Well, I think that might be the the bigger caveat there. Right. Is did they have to find it or did they have to determine they were willing to divulge that that's how they're handling the data? Because there's well, going to be a lot of consumers that are sitting here wanting to know some things. Well, not only that, but as a consumer, mm-hmm. yesterday's trial was very interesting about, you know, the Android phone and how much it records versus the iPhone and how much it would record because Apple did turn over that location data. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very interesting that Android actually, like, they had to shut the Android down to keep the data. Mm-hmm before they could back it up, and iPhone just stored it in its cloud. Uh-huh. That's scary. Yeah. Well, for the iPhone, that, that is part of the convenience. Right. Is that it is a phone very much attached to iCloud. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is getting backed up constantly. Right. Versus Android, which you can do that, Right. But what it backs up and how it backs it up and if it backs it up is always subject to, like, well, maybe. And what I also find interesting is neither Apple or iPhone threw a stink over turning over the data. Oh, no, they knew better. Yeah. Like, yep, we have a lawful subpoena. Here you go. Oh, GM, the one that, you know, the United States still owns, like, 70% of their fucking stocks, could not find the data. Yeah, no, that happens. Now, I think even more frightening in this case is that, I'm sorry, the FBI was hacking GM trying to get a hold of the data? They were hacking the software trying to crack it. Okay. As in to get it out of the vehicle itself? Right. Okay. Sorry, I like because there's a big difference between are you hacking OnStar, the physical company, no, you're hacking. Or are you device. hacking the car? Because they kept the saying the device stored the data. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. Because we can't find it anywhere in the device. Yeah, it's not in the software. Yeah. And fundamentally, I yeah, it's not going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, your, your car isn't that smart. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that kind of storage. Right. Um, at least not long term. Right. Um, it could, but like no one wants that. No one, no one, like individual consumers don't want it. Mm-hmm. Companies love that level of data. Right. Because I think that's going to be the other part of it and why GM couldn't find the data is probably going to trace back to they do what now? They already sold it. Well, not that they sold it, it's that they one, maintain it. And that they are probably more than likely, if they're bothering to maintain it, Mm -hmm. they're doing something with it. And what would be the most obvious and make the most sense would be to sell that data, hopefully aggregated and not, you know, specific to individual consumers and like clearly identifying individual consumers. Though then again, you drive your car between home and work. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out between those two points right. who you might be. Right. 
it's it's kind of the the insanity of like Google at one point opened up their data set mm -hmm. for search histories. Mm -hmm. And then had the unfortunate re re realization that even when they aggregated the data so that you couldn't necessarily tell whose data was whose, mm -hmm. consumers fuck themselves. Right. Because, like, they anonymized the data. They tried to make it, you know, uh, unidentifiable. Right. Consumers will search their own name on Google. Consumers will use their own address or, or plug their address in, you know, like to find out their home value or as part of like, you know, directions. Like the amount of stuff that consumers will plug into a search box on yeah. Google, um, unfortunately starts to de-anonymize them. Mm -hmm. Like you can very quickly tell who the fuck uses this computer. Right. Obviously, ta-da! You know, like, you can look at someone's search history and very quickly figure out who's using their computer. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's insane. Um, so that was a project, I think, probably a decade or more ago that Google did that and then went, oops, we're sorry. We, we never contemplated the way you guys were searching the web. Right as an unfortunate factor in your anonymized data wasn't quite as anonymous as we thought it was. Right. Because we didn't scrub the search results to take out things that were clearly identifying. Right. But yeah, it was weird. There was a while there you could find your own self mm -hmm. in the data. Right. And it, it, like, it was very you know, quick and easy. And it was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. holy crap. Right. And it's like, um, okay, Google, what are you doing here? Yeah. That's part of why Google's got to sleep. sleep. I can set timers for you. Help you. <laughs> I cannot wait till we can name them because I'm naming the Google's Jeebs just because I always wanted a butler named Jeebs. Oh, come on. You could have had a phone there. Well, there wasn't there a phone device. That you it was an Android device that used Jeeves. Yes. Oh damn. I think it was Samsung, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the best AI ever made. Right. But still, you coulda. You coulda. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. You know, and it's just different. Yeah. But I'm I'm still wondering how GM's gonna field all the wonderful questions they're gonna get. After well, I'm wondering how they're gonna field why it took them over a year to cough up this data. Like I think that they should be fine for you know uh, what is it delaying a subpoena because it was subpoenaed, mm -hmm. defying a subpoena. I think they should be fine. Yeah. I think the U.S. government should move quickly to make sure that the company <clears throat> holding stakes in operates with law enforcement. I mean, fair enough. I'm just sitting here going, sometimes, though, it's one of those catch-22s. They cough up the data. It's where the hell has the data been? They don't cough up the data. Uh, then no one knows, like, what potentially illegal depending upon what 
use uh, agree to as a GM vehicle owner. Right. Um, because that's sometimes become a big part of these things. Um, it's sort of like, you know, the, the Facebook, uh, uh, Cambridge Analytica, uh, uh thing right. is, you know, consumers were not understanding how much of their data was out there and then how much it was being used to manipulate them in terms of voting. Right. That, you know, quite frankly, they, they were targeting at a level that it was shooting fish in a barrel. Right. Um, if GM has in turn started using your vehicular data, mm-hmm. like where you're going, where you're at, how frequently you go there, mm-hmm. you could have so, some very pissed off consumers. Well, not only that, but you could have some very pissed off lawyers who, you know, how many GM accidents have they said, sorry, we don't have access to the OnStar data. That's not stored with us. When they needed the the information, oh yeah, they could get some major lawsuits going. Oh yeah, you know. So I mean, they, you're going to have pissed off consumers wanting to sue. There, so there may very easily be a class action, right? Um, over their storage of the data. Then you're going to have multiple legal law enforcement based, um, you know, uh, lawsuits potentially going where the hell was it when we asked for it right where was your data right why couldn't you cough it up so the fact they've come forward with it is probably a very brave step mm-hmm. that has opened a door very wide very very wide okay so i want to talk about this one story then we'll take a break and get to relationship advice and are you an asshole Very interestingly, you know, Warren Buffett, we like Warren. He's an intelligent man. He, you know, we follow Warren. And a lot of people that follow his stocks um, follow him through Berkshire Hathaway. Warren Bruin owns under the radar, but he also owns a under the radar portfolio worth $5.9 billion. Oh, yes. That's, that's, that's worth mentioning yeah new england asset management is a subsidiary of the general re which is berkshire bought for 22 million dollars in 1998 you know 22 billion billion dollars in 1998 Mm -hmm. the um these you know and then there's 10 of the of HEAM six billion stock portfolio according to SCC filings. So he's been holding out on us. Okay. Well, but he hasn't. Well, it's fully owned by Berkshire at Hathaway. But uh-huh. Buffett actually has no direct control or management influence whatsoever over the six billion dollars. Possibly. Well I mean, the man, you know. Berkshire Hathaway has $300 billion as of September 30th. But he also owns the, you know, the $5.9 billion through Berkshire Hathaway. The portfolio is managed by the New England Asset Company. Um, So it's interesting some of the stocks he invests in but isn't publicly known. 
Yeah. Yeah. This is his own little private holding company because 87% of it of its assets are held by him. Well, yeah. Well, there's well, okay. So but well, that's not exactly what that sentence is saying. For okay. one, it's extremely concentrated mm-hmm. with its top 10 positions making up 92% of the portfolio. So its top 10 stocks mm-hmm. are 92% of its total assets. Mm-hmm. Okay, of those uh, top 10 holdings, um, Berkshire Hathaway's main stock portfolio makes up 87% of its assets. Mm -hmm. So there's very little diversification between the two. So what you see at Berkshire Hathaway and what you see with uh, New England Asset Management, they're very similar. Yep. What's interesting is the companies that he invests in. Mm-hmm. And the ones that he's backed for a while, Sitco, J.P. Morgan, mm-hmm. Bank of New York, uh, Mellon, Microsoft. He's one. He was the first investor, investor in Microsoft. Um, Dago. HP, Chevron, U.S. Bancorp, U.S. Bank, America, Bank of America, mm-hmm. and his number one holding, Apple. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's. I mean, but then again. If you have that kind of money, or Apple, mm-hmm. Bank of America, U.S. Bank Corp., uh, Chevron, HP, um, we'll skip D- uh, Diageo or D- uh, Diego, Diego, whatever it is, um, Microsoft, and uh, you know, Bank of New York Mellon. Okay, that's you know, I probably it's local to him. And J.P. Morgan and Cisco are those really surprise stocks to own? Well, they are in a way because some of these stocks are the ones he sold off on Hathaway, but bought on this one. Oh, okay. So, what's interesting now he's created his own self-trading stock market. Well, he all he has to do is sneeze at a product. Here's an example: he would not touch cryptocurrency at all. He said it was stupid. Yeah. Okay. Strangely, suddenly it started being destroyed. You know, it dropped quickly. Like this yeah. is the, his influence. It was literally he eats McDonald's in the mornings and the fucking stock goes up. Yeah. I mean, with, with the amount of holdings and, and the amount of money alone that Berkshire Hathaway has made, right? It's inevitable. Yeah. Um, and it's so weird. We were having, uh, a, I, I swear I'm in, in like deja vu conversations this week. Um, I had a similar conversation earlier today. Okay. Um, talking about uh, Elon Musk um, in particular. Uh-huh. And it, it's much the same thing is, you know, I, there comes a tipping point. In, in wealth, in business, uh, success, in celebrity, 
-hmm. nothing you do fails to capture media attention and cause something. Right. You wear a different brand of shoes than, say, you know, Nike or Adidas or Puma. Suddenly that company is going to get flooded with orders. Like they're, they're going to be overwhelmed mm-hmm. because, you know, hey, Elon Musk wears those or, hey, you know, right. um, some celebrity right. wears those. There comes a point nothing you can do is going to not have an effect. Right. Like it, it literally paparazzi hits the point of being like the, the weird, um, cause there's this weird analogy or analogy to uh, a scientific thing mm-hmm. um, that's on like a very almost subatomic level, I think where effectively it's the bystander effect or, or the observer effect, the observer effect. Yeah. Um, in which the mere act of observing mm-hmm. the experiment mm-hmm. changes the outcome. Right. Like, this is the macro version of that, is there's nothing, like, he farts, and I'm sure that gas X fucking, like, rises or tanks. Well, that's a strong possibility, but I'm glad you bring that up, because, you know, one of my bickering points is clients don't need to get a reading every day because nothing ever happens. Like watching grass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Sure. True. But then you turn around, wouldn't one Warren Buffett be a hell of a client? Yeah. But two, can you imagine trying to read for him? Like he could fart in the morning. And well, I mean this, and I know I keep using the word, but he could fart. The man could fart. Uh-huh. And totally destroy. Or launched a success an entire business well true i mean but you know i like him for re for reasons and would i read for warren in a heartbeat but i want to read for his wife that's the one i would love to sit down and deal with interesting past 20 years she has sat down and counted out three dollars and 87 cents in change he put in his car every morning so he can pick up breakfast. Okay. Well, I'm sure that's changed over the last year. Well, I'm quite sure it has. I would love, you know, we were discussing this, and this is, you know, kind of a topic that we've been dancing around. Mm-hmm. And it's that inflation stopped at 6.4%, but pricing pressures keep going up. Mm-hmm. And we've had this debate in this household. We've had this debate on the networks. Mm-hmm. Where are we on pricing? Currently, I'm cheaper than a dozen eggs. Now, our pricing used to be based on the gas market. Yeah. And then that got insane. And then that got insane. And so then, you know, well, you never went back to, like, egg pricing. Right. Like, you didn't hit, like, because there was a point not too long ago, 89 cents for, like, a dozen eggs. Right. Not too long ago. Right. Um, And then all of a sudden, eggs have gone insane. Well, they've done more than go insane. They've gone completely fucking bonkers. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, we're, we've looked at your business and, you know, we've been in debate about raising prices and if we should and where we should be at with that. And, you know, I finally had to look at you and go, look, honey, everything mm-hmm. is doubled. Yes, I know yeah. it may seem insane for you 
to charge this amount of money. But at the end of the day, it's not even nearly as insane as you think it is. I know. And that's the, the, well, but then there's the flip side of this conversation is talking to, you know, like I ended up talking to one of our clients. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, actually we've talked to a few of our clients in the last couple of days, not specifically on the subject. I only talked to one specifically on the subject. Yeah. Um, No, Brenda, I do not have a flatulence fetish. Good Lord, woman. She's, she's over here harassing me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm calling her out on air. On top. Do what now? To keep you on, keep on top of things. That's her department. I know, right? Um, so thank you, Brenda. That was funny. Um, but no, it, like it, talking to a specific client and I happened to mention that, Hey, when your renewal comes up this year, I, I'm going to have to bump your prices up. Yeah. Like it's a ways out and it's like, I just, you know, while I got you on the phone, we're talking, let me like go ahead and kind of give you a heads up. Yeah. And at first there was this kind of moment of like, what? And then it was the simultaneous moment of I'm getting ready to raise prices too. Yeah. Because what I'm selling for doesn't cover my costs. Well, not or, or just barely. It's right. it's by the skin of teeth, right? And it's like, yeah, hi, yeah. I'm sorry. Like yeah. I've tried to hold prices, and especially like for some clients, you know, they they've they've gotten some grandfathered pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just it, it's gotten to a moment like the in the expenses of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, like granted, yay success. I've brought in more clients last year, but my expenses tripled. Right. Because I brought in things, and you know, I want to talk about this a minute. Then you have things like our newsletter program, the program that I use, most of our clients use. Well, now they've decided they're gonna charge. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I give them credit, like, oh my god, though that company has been around for like I don't know, fifteen years or more, at least. And they just got to the point that some of their like less, uh, I don't want to say they're smaller. Well, they're smaller user base. Yeah, they're they're individual business owner. You've got you know a few contacts, but not like a mega corporation's worth. They just started now, right? Being like, okay, you're gonna have to pay us for this, right? I give them credit. I think their pricing is insane. Oh yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Well, two and a half cups of coffee. That's what they're jumping to. Is about two and a half cups of coffee. Maybe about three cups of coffee. Three, Four. four cups of coffee. Yeah. For the number of contacts that you have in their system, right? If you had to buy your clients four cups of coffee a month, mm-hmm. would it be worth it? I don't know. I'm still in the debate, but the, you know, I'm debating for myself. I'm also debating for you know the clientele and what I recommend because you know I recommend a lot of new businesses, different products. Yeah, and I'm looking at them and going, okay, what is the quality of service 
can you, can I get this service somewhere else? Mm -hmm. You know, can I not replace you? Right. Um, like right now I'm trying a social program and I'm loving it. Sweet. I can replace you easily. Um, and you know, it does things. So you guys will hopefully be seeing the return to social media because that's another one. Um, for years we were with Hootsuite social media management recommended to them, brought clients to them. You, you know. Well, and, and we were set up basically at one point we were, and this was very beginning. Mm -hmm. We were running multiple companies' socials right. through that program. Right. And then all of a sudden, their pricing went insane. Right. And to do what we were doing. Well, and, you know, it went from $20 a month, 25 And, you know, we got in at the company when it was new. I had a grandfathered account. Mm -hmm. And it went from like $25, $30 a month to $85, and you can only do so much. Right. And to go to the level that we were currently operating at mm -hmm. was going to be hundreds per of month. Dollars. And that was, again, at a point in which, like, oh. we had clients and we had multiple accounts set up and we were doing a lot of things. Yeah. But we weren't generating enough income. Right. Well, it wasn't expense for the social media management. Right. It wasn't doing enough income. And a lot of people have now switched away from that company mm -hmm. to using other companies. Um, a lot of even social media managers are not using the software. Oh, yeah. Like they had to abandon it because their agency pricing was insane. Yeah. It's almost $2,000 a month. And I'm sorry my dinner is not that important well and that makes sense if you're a, if you're an agency mm -hmm. that's running like you know wendy's right and well, what i think they're trying to do is work out the freelancers in general uh -huh. i really think like mailchimp and you know hootsuite are trying to force out the freelancers and it doesn't make any sense well in small businesses period like, like it, and we were moving towards a point in which we could recommend to our clients, hey, go buy this. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, 20, 30 bucks a month. Right. You can do all these things. Like, yeah. I think if I remember right, that was our end goal after their first year was to, okay, now you can go get your Hootsuite. Mm -hmm. Like, it's paying for itself. Right. You know, like everything we were suggesting and had set up, it was going to be to a point that, like, it's going to pay for itself. Right. Like, this is self-sustaining. You're going to get at least enough clients off of the products we're recommending. Right. At least enough to cover your expenses and more. Right. Without it being like, oh, my God, like, I'm, I can't eat. Um, because I'm paying all these expenses. Right. Um, but no, we went through that with a few products. We had that with um, the scheduling software because originally yeah. you could set up as many people under you as you wanted to. Yeah. And then there was a break that no longer allowed that to function. Right. And it started just come because they decided, you know, that mm -hmm. was dumb. 
What right. we should have done right. is this, and then they did that. And mm -hmm. when they did that, it broke everything. Right. Um, so, yeah, we, we went through that with social media. We've gone through it with scheduling. We've, right. we've gone through it with a few products. We have. And, you know, that's a very big part of the psychic business, um, especially nowadays. Social media, mm -hmm. a top on my priority list because, sorry, I have proven facts that if I do not post it, I am taking appointments. Nobody thinks that I'm working that day. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a lot of the, the new business world. Right. Um, is social media engagement. Mm -hmm. And it, it, on one hand, I have to say it sucks. Right is that it's no longer someone drives past your business and did they see your open sign right no then they kept driving right they're not even getting in their cars right they don't care they're not going to your website they're they're searching online what is your engagement do you look open online on facebook twitter right facebook at least like uh, if nothing else pardon instagram instagram okay. very useful yeah. and it's also how customers are finding businesses yes like again they're not exploring they are exploring their neighborhoods mm -hmm. they are but they're exploring it more like pokemon go and less get into a vehicle and go drive around or right. park somewhere and walk right that's not how they're exploring their neighborhoods they're exploring on google Right. And this is a problem in West Virginia. Yeah. A huge one. Because we have a lot of businesses that are not online. You cannot find any social presence online. Right. They don't exist. They Like some of these businesses don't even really exist in Google. Unless a contributor right. puts that information in for them. Right. And says, oh, hey, there's this business over here. And here's its address and a photo. And, you know does all the legwork for them and then they have no control over it they don't know what the hell's going on they don't even know they're there right until someone says oh yeah i found you through google and they're like how the hell did you do that yeah <laughs> like yeah it's today's advertising it is yeah. uh, like and there's an entire generation because like i'm an elder millennial mm -hmm. most of the millennials Mm -hmm. are still familiar enough with the idea that they're they're looking around physically right um there's a generation coming up behind us that are like if it ain't online it doesn't exist right are you online no you don't exist right you don't exist you do not exist in a way that i am familiar with right you know this is the generation that will never touch a phone book they have no clue what this is yep this is a generation that wants to know why the save icon looks like a vending machine. Mm -hmm. Because they have never seen a floppy. Right. Um, so there are large parts of like the millennial and older experience they have no concept of. Exactly. And yeah. so And I'm an older baby boomer. Well, I don't know a baby boomer. What am I? I am <laughs> X. Yeah, I'm Gen X. You're Gen X by like a minute. Yeah, I can still say fuck you and feel no remorse. 
okay, when I said Gen X by a minute, I meant a couple millennia, the last, you know, 15, like 15 Gen Xs ago. That works. All right, guys, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we will be going with finding out if he's an asshole or not. (laughs) You just love that segue. Yes, I do. Welcome back, goblins! My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, Let's just figure it out. Bye. Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Ace and Knight, some of the best psychics in West Virginia, to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together, we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On the Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at PCSBnetwork.com today. Hi, I'm Ace and Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance and finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So, if you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site, right for a quick answer question. Alright guys, back to the show. Enjoy!
right, welcome back. Yes, so am I the asshole for hating my Valentine's gifts? So today I woke up early to DIY my sibling and boyfriend Valentine's gifts, which consisted of an oversized stuffed animal, box of their favorite candies, chips, balloons, and roses for both of them. I gave them these gifts when we were all uh, uh, meeting up just to find out neither of them got me anything. I obviously became very upset and tried not to make it a big deal, but failed miserably. Anyways, they both left and came back with really cute gifts and roses that probably cost more than the gifts I made for them. And I know that in a different circumstance, I would have loved these gifts, but now I look at these gifts and feel like they were forced gifts or had to get you something kind of gifts, which just makes me hate them. Due to this, I'm ignoring my boyfriend and sister. Am I the asshole for hating my Valentine's gifts? No. Ah. <sighs> I have to disagree. You're the asshole. Okay. You're the asshole. Like, I would... Here's, here's my, my thing. Okay, you can argue your case. Okay. Here's my thing. It sounds like you very much did not give a gift in the true sense of gifting. And you created your own problem. Like, you you, you didn't give it in the tr true spirit of gift giving. Okay. Which is with no ex expectation or strings attached. You made that obvious. They felt bad because they effed up. Um, at least in the situation that you then created. Um... So they went out, got you gifts so that, you know, they could make up for their mistake. But now you're hating them because you created the situation where they felt forced to go get you gifts. And now, because of that, you don't like the gifts that they went and got you. It's, it's like, this is hard to follow. Well, here's my problem. One, okay. I don't understand why the sister's getting a gift. That's just weird. Eh, not really. My grandmother used to send me a Valentine's Day card every year. Well, I get that. But this is your sister, who is apparently of the age to carry money, so should have their own boyfriend. Well, you know, but people are single, and you don't want them to feel, like, alone and unloved. Right. Furthermore, why are you meeting up with your sister on Valentine's Day with your boyfriend? That's a problem for me. But, yeah, that's a little weird. Okay. Secondly, it is obvious that there were Valentine's Day plans. And if you are a man on this continent above the age of nine, mm -hmm. you do not have a prearranged discussionary plans of Valentine's Day and which one you're taking. Mm -hmm. How could you show up to meet your girlfriend without your Valentine's Day gifts in hand? It isn't like it is a complicated holiday. See, I think this is a guy who just learned that, oh, honey, let's not do gifts this year. Or, oh, honey, you don't have to get me anything. Is a crock of shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> like it knew. It is no. like Jason no. saying it's fine. It is not fine. It's, it's far from fine. You might want to take cover if it gets to its great. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's wonderful. Yes. Love it. Um, yeah, no. Um, but no, I think this is one of those unfortunate reality. Like this is I like I'm just going on on the assumption. Someone someone stupidly said. Uh-huh. Oh no, honey, we don't you don't have to get me anything. Oh, that's um one. And someone just learned that no, you do. You really do, because no, no one like no, 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 no. Um, it's very rare. Someone says that and means that. Now the other problem I have here, and the reason I say that there is that you don't have to like any gift. No. That that's that was you know, am I an asshole for not liking the gift? Okay, on that technicality, I'll give it to you. You can hate any gift you want to. Right. For any reason. I just have a problem with not thinking this person's an asshole for hating their gift because they created the situation in which they got the shitty gift or the gift they feel is shitty. Well, um, forced. They don't think it's shitty. They think it's forced. Well, fine. They're forced gift or had to get you something gifts. You created that. You yeah. totally woke up this morning and decided violence was the answer. Well, I think every woman woke up this morning and decided. <laughs> every gay man woke up this morning and apparently decided that no, they're not getting married. Um, and no, I didn't propose to Joe. I'm just noticing a lot of my Facebook feeds are from men that have <clears throat> and planned for the freaking. Valentine's Day proposal because they are men and men need to consolidate their anniversaries, their first dates, and everything else possible into yes. one specifical holiday so that they can forget it and not or remember it either way. And they're getting told a lot of no's. Yeah, efficiency. Efficiency, motherfuckers. Efficiency. Okay, but at the same time, you do realize that increases the value you're expected. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, Brenda is absolutely right. Guilt gifts aren't the same as them remembering. And I do understand that, and I'm there yeah. with that. Um, I, I'm, I'm totally there with that. Like, I understand the reason that you are on one level upset. Right. But at the same time, it's like you didn't start this with an actual gifting intent. Well, I um, now if you were pissed off and not talking to them because they forgot, uh huh. Okay, I'm fine with you. You're not the asshole, but you're literally hating the gifts over it, and that just makes me go, mm -mm, no. Like, if you would ordinarily like the gift, the fact that they bought them the way that they bought them is not a reason to hate the gift. Right. It is a reason to have issues with the person who gave it to you. Right. Like, I'm sorry, I can hate your guts, but if you give me mm -hmm. $10 million, right. I'll still hate your guts, but enjoy $10 million. Well, true. All right, so let's move into relationship advice. This one should be interesting. There isn't a poll tonight. There 
one YouTube stream with Dick, so there isn't a Pokemon. Oh, my Valentine's Day gift is I'm not the asshole. Your Valentine's because I can't be voted the asshole. <laughs> well, they can vote in the comments, but your Valentine's Day gift from them right now is you're not being awarded the asshole. <laughs> although, you know, in my debate, you should. Okay, fair enough. Well, no, in your debate, not the asshole. In my debate, yeah. am the asshole. Yes. Okay, so relationship advice. I, 29 female, need help with a friend with benefits, 34 male. Help with a friend with benefits. I have this guy who I sometimes hook up with. He is most, mostly emotionally cold. We don't talk about a relationship or anything like that. So he messaged me, happy Valentine's, my love. This is out of the ordinary for him. He has never sent me anything like that in the 10 months I've known him. In fact, we hardly text each other. So this is something that has me puzzled. Am I reading too much into this? This doesn't mean anything, right? Bit of background. I am on the spectrum and sometimes don't pick up on things. If it helps, I'm uh, 29 female and he is 34 male. Any help would be great. I'm pretty sure it doesn't mean anything, but I'm overthinking it. Yes, it does. He a player and copied and pasted to everybody. Nope, nope, nope. He is well-trained, and you have taught him to take his shoes off before entering mm -hmm. your fresh, cleaned house. Or someone did. Or someone did. Like, but now the message itself, though, happy Valentine's, my love. Uh-huh. That seems a bit much for someone who's been... Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. He copied and pasted. Well, I don't care if he copied and pasted. I don't care if he <laughs> has it pre-programmed and set into an auto-text. I figured out to do that <laughs> recently. That you can actually, oh, did you? you know, have your phone send a text message at a specific time and date to right. a specific contact. Mm -hmm. Someone recently got in trouble for that. But anyhow. What? Not you. I know not me. <laughs> like that. It's one of those features I know exists, but I'm like, mm-mm, 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 mm mm Yeah. Don't play with that. Yeah. That will get you in trouble. Do not do it. Um, it will get you busted, especially when you're dead. What? Oh, I got to hear this after the show. We were talking oh, about I'll that. Oh, I'll tell you after we get done with this. One, oh. You know, he is pre-trained. He is pre-housebroken for you, so that makes dating him a lot easier. That also means that he's probably a little bit more interested than just friends with benefits like most straight men they can't deal with just friends with benefits they complicate it way too often um you have to evaluate just how if you want to keep your rental and that's what i call friends with benefits they're technically a rental or if you want to you know be able to exchange him out and then please sit down and negotiate if it is a friends with benefits situation or if it is an ethical monogamy situation those are two perfectly different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So not a client. I do not share client stories. I normally, you know, no. So this is not a client. Friend uh, messages me. 
And oh, then, we are going to talk about it. Okay, on air. Woo. On air. Yes, it's a friend. Uh, it's a friend. So very clearly, not a client. Not a client relationship. They are in the I will not read for you category. Okay, fair enough. Okay, just want to make that clear before we go here. Okay. Friend messages me that their person that had passed over sent them a text message. I was like, uh, uh-uh. no way. Screenshot. Another screenshot. Turns out the phone was still active and turned on mm-hmm. and was programmed to have messages in it. Oh, that are being it's like, I am not fucking up my anniversary, not fucking up Valentine's Day, not fucking up our first date anniversary. I'm not fucking up any of them. I saved them all preset messages. Uh huh. Into the perpetuity. Well, you know. Not perpetuity. This is what first year, which is difficult. But they had pre-saved Merry Christmas. Aww. You know. And I'm like, one, that's a really cool idea, you know. But at the same time, it's like, okay, how many other text messages were real text messages? That's a question. Now in their head. Yeah, exactly. Well, but they are real messages. A real human set them up because one, they did not want to get in trouble, and two, they have they they know their limitations. Mm-hmm. Like I forget shit. I forget to do shit. I'm going to preset this mm-hmm. so I don't forget shit. All right. But yeah, so that was so. This was it. Wasn't Valentine's Day? It was it was Christmas? It was Christmas. Okay. And of course, um, freaking out and going, oh, you know, I was like, no. go look at their phone. And I'm quite sure they got one today for Valentine's Day because it's, oh, yeah. Which, I mean, prepped and prepared to yeah. not be the asshole. Yeah. I don't know. See, here's my problem and the reason I can't set this up. Yes. Um, Like, it all sounds great, but I'm a smart ass. Yes. And so I'm going to eventually program one in there, and I will forget. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to program one in there to randomly pop back out. That'll probably be something along the lines of, God, I hope I haven't died and I'm just harassing the hell out of you. Uh-huh. Just on some random Tuesday. Like, right. I will find a random Tuesday at some future point. All right. Um, to pre-program, to send you a message and go, side note, really hope I'm not harassing you from the grave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I will forget that I have done that. Right. And like the worst thing that happens is I continue living. Uh-huh. And and I forget this random Tuesday in like, you know, five years down the road that I thought it'll be hilarious if I do mm-hmm. that. Um create that message i will i would have had it ready to go mm-hmm. and meant to be like mm, i'll delete that if i'm you know if i'm still here right i'll delete it i'll remember that not that anyone keeps a phone for five years but i'm thinking you know yes I, it, would, it could be three months i'd forget it'd be two hours and you could forget on a tuesday hey hey honey i tell truth 
Love you dearly. Fair. But anyway, I would set this up, totally forget about it, and then you would get some freaked, like I would get a freaked out phone call going, what the fuck (laughs) are you doing? Uh Why did you just text me this? And then I'm going in the graveyard within my first question. First, no, first, first response that you will get from me. I can guarantee it is what the hell are you talking about? Uh Check your phone. And then it'll dawn on me and be like, oh, damn. I thought this would be funnier. You know, furthermore, you harass me from the grave. No, I will get a cat. I will have a new cat in the house who will be allergic to himself. Probably, yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Self allergic cat. That that makes sense. Yeah. That's what you But yeah. Oh, but yeah, it would, I like, I don't know. I don't really have to want, I would not wonder personally. Uh-huh. Like, it's one of those things, like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate being told, like, ha- you know, happy birthday, Merry Christmas, happy Valentine's Day. I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Do I inherently care if you at least thought enough about me to take the time to preset it because you didn't want to disappoint me. Cause that's basically how I would uh, perceive it mm-hmm. is you never wanted to let me down or disappoint me. I can't get mad at that or feel like it's cheaper. Yeah. Again, I just think it would become one very annoying, very, very annoying. Okay. Well, yeah, in the post-death phase, that's yeah. like... But then again, there are people that, like, send, um, you know, that, that have, like, um, set up, like, rose delivery for years mm-hmm. for their anniversary. That used to be an old florist thing. It's you so could prepay. Well, you could pre- you prepay for flowers to be delivered on your anniversary. Mm-hmm. And your florist has an incentive to remind you you forgot to pay for the next five years or the next year or the whatever. Um, so that, again, you don't miss your anniversary and get your ass in trouble. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a, a lot of widows still find that very sweet. Right. And very disconcerting the first year that it happens after the deceased is deceased because they thought all these years they were specifically remembering to go do this turns out no the local florist will prearrange you right um which by the way your local florist probably still has that plan i know ours does i think it's like 395 a year and you will get flowers sent on the specific day um throughout the year Yeah. Well, and yeah. And some people find it creepy. Uh huh. I mean, I think you're going to have any number of people. And I, I can't say that first moment is not creepy. But I think there's also like a very sweetness to it. Right. That like gone but not forgotten. Right. And it works both ways. 
mm-hmm. like they are gone and they still have remembered you. Right. Like at a time in which you are supposed to be honoring, memorializing, and remembering them, mm-hmm. they have remembered you it's sort of like you know people that find out they have a terminal illness will write letters to their children or their spouses on important days like the day they turn 18 the day they get the driver's license the day they think they'll graduate from college Mm -hmm. the day they get married the day they have their first child you know and, and leave that with a trusted relative to to dole those out over those years Again, I think the first one has got to be a little jarring mm-hmm. and really emotional. Possibly a bit creepy. Uh-huh. But after that first one, I, I think you want to have to take stock of it. And then two, you know, go, okay. Like, it, it is very sweet and endearing, even if, like, you know. Right they kind of had to guess at it and it was not in the moment. Right. I think that the more advancement of that is pre-saved videos now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and still, I think the first one that you would get would still be just as weird and creepy. Right. And then after that, it's like, okay, the initial shock wore off. Right. All right. All right. I got it. Now, Brenda has one. This is, like, this is an unfortunate moment. Okay. Um, Brenda says, got a text from a friend a few hours after he died, letting me know he had passed. His partner wasn't thinking straight and used his phone. I had heard earlier that he passed and was like, what the fuck? Interesting. I've got to say, that... Uh, one, I like you know that partner was just having a real bad day. Well, um, to have gotten to the point that they grabbed the wrong phone and started messaging people, and then created that hell havoc and chaos. Right. Of like, why is this deceased messaging me? Right. If they're deceased. Right. It's sort of like it's really hard to call in dead to work. Not really. It's really hard. No, you personally cannot call yourself in dead to work. True, I can't call myself uh, in dead to work, but damn, I can. I w- sometimes wish I could call the dead into work. Do what now? Call the I don't dead know. Into- it would be great to have you know Mama over here today. You know the speedy typist that she is, handling some stuff. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, like you know, I I I can get that one. But yeah, yeah, no, it's I need to have I don't know Wayne to show up to fix something, not to break shit. I'm sorry, what part of my father made you think shit would ever get fixed around him? I don't know. One of them. Like, no, 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 no. He's the guy you need if you're, like, building a house and you just need someone to pay attention and scream at people when it doesn't get built right. Like, that's when you evoke him. Um, Like, but if you need your toilet fixed, no. (laughs) No. Dad was a supervisor for a reason. It's like those who can't do teach, Uh those who can't fix, repair, or build, Again, still come in handy. 
Not as much as you think. Oh, I think so. Uh Uh-uh, I've been on the front end receiving of it when I was like, I'm trying to repair a damn toilet, and he's screaming at me, and it's like, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Get out of the bathroom. Not who I'm talking about. It would be great to handle, like, lawn dudes. It would be great to handle, like, other situations. Oh, yeah, no, that'd be great. It would save my voice from screaming at people. Fair enough, fair enough. He would enjoy it. Um, the fact that you're bonding posthumously with my father is weird. Um, on Valentine's Day, no less, this day can't get weirder. All righty. <laughs> well, no, Brenda says freaked out, uh, freaked me out when his name popped up. Yeah, I'd say it did. Oh, yeah. Of course, that happened with dad. Telemarketer. Mm-hmm. Suddenlink apparently would allow their telemarketers to use the deceased loved one to use deceased people's well the name that the phone is in information. Oh, oh, oh! I got a story there, but keep going. So you know, Dad called the house for about three months, mm-hmm. and we're like, Dad, use the regular communication. You do not need to use the phone. Mm-hmm. Well, see, after my father passed Mm -hmm. something that we had never paid attention to in our lives suddenly occurred and caused a bit of a stir so my dad and my brother were technically a junior senior Mm -hmm. neither of whom used junior or senior and my brother went by a different first name Okay. Legally, though, he was required to use his name. The the, the on-your-birth certificate name, even if he wasn't using junior and senior. Mm-hmm. So after my father died, my brother called the house, and there was a moment. Uh-huh. Because we didn't read the number, we saw my father's name pop up on caller ID. Uh-huh. And it was like, what? Like, how? Right. Huh? And then saw the area code number and went, oh! (laughs) Like, literally somehow in the death of my father, we fucking forgot my father existed. (laughs) Not that we forgot that he existed, we just forgot for a moment that they have the same name. Yeah. <laughs> like, we knew this. This is information that was not foreign to us. But we forgot. <laughs> that happens. That's the same thing I'm talking about, except this was telemarketers. Oh, yeah. 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 So I oh, have- I'm sure. I'm sure. Because, I mean, like, that happened after my grandmother passed. I was so damn happy to turn off the house phone. Uh-huh. Um, like, and just the annoying on constant onslaught of calls for her, the, you know, like, and can I just say in grief, there are two, uh, to me, the most, like, I can go through funerals. Mm-hmm. I, I can go to, to funeral homes. I, I can pick out clothing for the deceased. I can handle all of it, the whole process. 
without a big deal. I hate the original death notification phone tree you have to go through. And I know with dad's passing, I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, this is not, mm -mm, I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, not going to do it. Don't enjoy doing it. Not doing it. I do not have, like, I'm sorry. I'm phone voice for happy, cheerful messages. Um, I am not phone voice to sit there for hours going, hi, this is me. I'm calling to let you know, you know, my father passed, my grandmother passed, my brother passed, um, whomever. Um, I look, no, those are depressing, especially when you keep getting people's answering machines and then you have to start debating, is it appropriate to leave that? And like, yes. what level of relationship do you have to have with someone before it's inappropriate? It's only inappropriate um, if it's a business contact, otherwise it's appropriate. Yeah. But then there's, that's the one side. The other side is the forever and a day. Cause it never effing ends. My mother has been deceased for 23 years. Mm -hmm. Well, soon to be 23 years. 22 years she's been deceased. As long as my great nephew has been alive. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just recently had to let someone know that she had passed because she got brought up. All right. And I'm sitting here going, it just never ends. Someone no. somewhere will ask you, like you think you've gone through everyone in the known universe. Uh-huh. Someone will ask. Well, and that uh -huh. happens to the point with me. I'm just like past, done, aggravated, fed up. Like, I don't know what word to use here, mm -hmm. but complete with the, no, he's passed. Oh, it's going on 16 years. Yeah. Well, now I also had a boss that kept forgetting my mother was deceased. Right. And she would just periodically and randomly ruin my day uh -huh. <laughs> because she would forget. We would have this conversation, same conversation every time. Mm -hmm. Um, because I always tried to be a little bit funny with it. She right. would because it had been a few years since mom had passed. And so she would, you know, just randomly go, Well, you know, you talk a lot about your dad. What's your mom do? And I'm like, mostly lay around. Every time, same line, hoping she it would trigger something in her brain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and she'd go, Okay what it's like my mother's deceased oh my god i'm so sorry i forgot and then a few weeks would pass and she'd say something you know like well you never really talk about your mom what does she do uh-huh and i would say something and uh, you know say the same thing mostly lie around <laughs> And just over and over and over. And I was like, I have to get out of this job. <laughs> Should be the right answer. Oh, pharma what now? Pharmacology. What does the study of medicine have to do? Or literally the study of medications have to do with my mother? It works out perfectly because then they don't know what to ask about. 
<laughs> Fair. I don't know. I'd luck up. I'd get someone to be like, oh, your mom's a pharmacist? Great. I have questions. Uh-huh. Can you put me in contact? Like, that would be my luck. I would get that and be like, yeah, here's the number. Roselawn Cemetery. See, and that's the thing. I did that. I did that. I got so damn pissed off with my college that could not get it through their damn heads that my mother was deceased. At one point, I hit a moment I decided to be a smartass. Mm-hmm. And I put in the, they asked for the address and the phone number. I looked up the address and the phone number for the cemetery and put it on the form. Thought maybe, they, maybe that would do it. No, the dumbasses called the fucking cemetery and asked to speak with an employee, and everyone was confused because no one by that name has ever worked here. That's because she's in lot seven. Like, <laughs> well, she's there. <laughs> oh, she's there. Yep. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like she's never worked there uh, that I, you know, in, in the conventional sense. <sighs> but for Christ's sake, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's just so. It's, this is my luck. Yeah. Is like I like every time you think you're done with it, and like no one will ever ask the stupid question again. Mm -hmm. Someone somewhere will ask. Mm -hmm. (sighs) And it does. Like and if like for like the first few years after she passed, it really did ruin my day every single time. Uh huh. At this point, no. Like, it didn't ruin my day. It was just more like, my God, what rock have you been under? Mm-hmm. All right, we'll have this conversation. Oh, Brenda says, Dad's been gone 29 years. He's uh, He got an offer for a hearing aid in the mail today. Do you think it would help him? He doesn't <laughs> listen as well anymore. He got a Medicaid supplement thing this week, too. <laughs> I think I would ask about the death. I would call. I would call. I would call. I would call and ask about their death benefits. Like, I would go through all. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just at 30, at nearly 30 years. I wouldn't be able to help myself. I would call them and I would give them pure hell. Pure yeah. hell. And make them go through the whole spiel, sound interested, just, I'm, yeah, yeah, oh, that sounds great and wonderful. And the last thing I'd ask him is, and what's your death benefit? Uh-huh. And one or two things is going to spout out of their mouth. They either have a death benefit or they do not. Uh-huh. I would then reveal, oh, so it doesn't do anything for bringing him back from the dead? then I don't think it's worth our money. Uh-huh. No, I, you know, and, uh, and you know, I've had conversations like that. I've had other conversations where people wouldn't accept that dad was dead and has been dead for a while. Mm-hmm. 
Like he has been in his urn 16 years, going on 17 in October. He is quite happy in his urn. Can we, you know, we need to stop by and see your dad. Go for it. Sure. Love that. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Feel free. Take him out. Take him out. He'd love it. Take him for a field trip. You know. Um, but no, I like it is one of those conversations that after a while you have to get a sense of humor about. <laughs> but in the beginning, it's hard to have that sense of humor. Well, in the beginning, it's hard to not, you know, go, oh, gosh, you must not have heard. Oh, you must have not been in the fun book. You don't read the newspaper. You didn't see the Facebook status. You're under a rock. Okay. You know, so here's the deal. But after the third time I've explained it to somebody, I have fun with it. If I oh, no, 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 no. I got way person, further than the third time. It was somewhere around year three. No, the same person three times. Oh, yeah. 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 That's when it is officially my turn to be a dick. Yep. Yep. You've asked me too many times. But that's hard with dementia patients, though. You got to be careful with that. Don't yeah. talk with the dementia patients. Like, I, I will say, in taking care of my grandmother, I had to turn the smart ass off there for a few things. Yeah, because then you guys well, would have the the what I have lovingly became calling the roll call. I used to call it the butcher bill. Okay. Uh huh. No, seriously. She. Okay, so there's the. Let's talk about this for just a minute. There's this thing in dementia care where, generally speaking. If your dementia patient is asking about someone who has passed, it's generally less upsetting and preferred that you just say, oh, they went to the store, they'll be back later. Or, oh, they've gone to get their hair done, they'll be home after a while, or, oh, they're on a business trip, whatever. Just enough to satisfy the brain that it got an answer so they can move on instead of obsessing about like you know where's my son where's my son where's my son where's my son um because if you don't answer a dementia patient they will loop but they typically if you anyhow. answer them do what now they may loop anyhow well they may loop. well yeah here's where this got fun with my grandmother is i followed the the sage wisdom which works for like i don't know probably 90 99 percent or more of dementia patients just give her an answer she'll move on except my grandmother is that like infinitesimal small population that that is the worst thing you can do for her because somewhere in her brain, it was still registering that like people were deceased. Mm -hmm. Either that or you're bad at lying. Well, option two, option two. I thought I got pretty good at it by you know, like year three. But you know, you could be right. Um, and I finally just had him uh, like, well, you know, I kept doing this. And then finally, somewhere like, I think the last couple of years of her life, there was one morning that like she was working it out in her head that literally what I'd said couldn't be true because she remembered something. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and probably like a funeral or whatever. And that was the morning I decided let's change tactics because this isn't working. Mm-hmm. And so it got to be a really ugly but beautiful thing. Uh-huh. Like perspectives, you know? Um, is she would just start, like she would do this about every morning, maybe two or three times a day. Sometimes it was all we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, she would start asking, you know, questions about like, Wayne died, didn't he? And yes, Memo, Wayne died. Because at that point, she didn't understand that was my father. You had to actually answer with real names or it confused her. Right. Yes, Memo, Wayne passed. Well, well, what, what about, you know, and her sister and her husband and her mother and her, you know, like she would go through this list mm-hmm. of people. And she would be perfectly satisfied. Like, because somewhere in her brain, she knew it. Uh-huh. And the more I tried to tell her, you know, the, this, you know, oh, they went to get their hair done. She would loop and keep waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just told her they had passed, usually most of the time, <laughs> she was good and she'd go on for the day. Mm-hmm. Like, all done, cleared that, you know, that thought's gone. On the flip side, there were some days she would loop on that. It didn't upset her, though. All right. It was like this constant relief to know that she wasn't crazy. These people died. All right. Like, it was a weird version of, of a very common thing that people start asking where someone is. Hers was caused by something different. It was because she already knew they were passed, but she didn't think that made sense. Right. Weirdest exception to the rule, because usually nine times, like ninety-nine out of a hundred, mm-hmm. if an elderly person with de- well, any person with dementia asks you about where someone is, you don't have to be correct in your answer. You can just tell them, "Oh, they went to the store." The store could be prison. The store could be the cemetery. The store can be wherever. Right. Um, And normally they don't care. It's just like, okay, that'll work for now. Yep. Asked and answered. Yeah. If you know, but sometimes you get in trouble with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're dealing with the older generations. Um, Especially when men did not go to the store, he'll get lost. You don't even know where the story is. He went to the barber shop. <clears throat> you know he needed a haircut. Yeah. Probably not untrue. They say it keeps. Uh, well, it doesn't grow. Well, yes, it does. Yeah, Your it hair and fingernails keep growing after you die. Yes. Um. Well, and you know. So yes, he needed a haircut. Uh huh. I don't know. Sometimes you like as dark as the humor is on this, and I know, I know, I know. Sometimes you just have to justify what you said to yourself so that it isn't a lie. <laughs> he needed a haircut. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I love my little husband here, but he can't lower shit. 
Well, not unless I can find something to attach it to. Then it, well, it's not a lie. <laughs> you can't lie worth shit. Okay, fair enough. Love you, darling, but you don't lie well. Oh, he went to work. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. Like, I feel like this is the worst episode of Family Feud ever. Um, like, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> He's out with his hussy. No, I don't know that I want to play with anyone senior on the or anyone's dementia on that one. Mm -mm, Leaf of it, just use it. (coughs) Do what now? If they already have the belief of it. Oh, yeah. Okay. If that's like where they're at with it, then yeah, go with that. I'm just going, I wouldn't randomly say that one. Like, mm-mm, no, you start finding shit out. You don't want to know. Oh, please, you mm-mm. find out that you don't want to know anyhow. Do you want to know? Like, did I did know? find out some stuff from my grandmother I probably shouldn't know. Uh-huh. Like, there was uh, probably about, I don't know, four years before she passed. Uh-huh. She just started talking about stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, things that, like, most people take to their grave. Because that, like, she told me stuff about, like, one of her oldest friends. She told me stuff, like, granted, I don't know how much of it's true. Probably all of it. It may be 100% true. It may be something went screwy in her brain. I don't know, but there were things I was told that that hit the level of like, oh my God, she's telling secrets. Yeah. Like, if it's true, that was a take it to your grave. You don't know this. On one especially, and it was like, do you know the crap that would happen if you told that to the wrong person? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, "Mm mm-hmm. Ooh, you'd start some shit. No, she didn't kill anyone. She didn't kill anyone. Well, at least she didn't kill anyone. Or she kept her sanity enough not to talk about Murder Club. Because the first rule of Murder Club is we don't talk about Murder Club. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Brenda voted that uh, I'm bad at lying, too. Yes, he sucks at it. And what's worse, he has what I call Paul Harvey syndrome. When he's trying to lie to me, he forgets what he told me the first time, so he continues the story. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not that I lied. I told the truth. I just didn't tell everything I knew. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I may have skipped some details. All of them. He's not well yeah for some people some people like hmm mm. do y'all have people like that in your life that like for me the 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 warning phrase and i can't it, we've already talked about this before but my warning phrase is they're really sweet mm-hmm. he knows that is red alert <laughs> because if if my opening salvo is they're really sweet mm-hmm um no see here's my problem i don't lie lie 
Like it is not a fantastical invention that has no connection to the truth. I will admit, I will admit, I will admit. Yeah. Like, and usually if I start by describing someone and the first things that pop out of my mouth, and I didn't realize this till we got together, but I do it. I do. I do. Every damn time. Uh-huh. Someone is is complicated or someone has like many faults and issues. I will every single time go, they're so sweet. And know. now I do that because yeah. it's like son of a bitch. <laughs> like I because now it catches me and I realize like I had already predetermined that they are a complicated, difficult person that others may not like, but I had not labeled them as such in a way that it's like, mm, this is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. It's more so I go to talk about them and that's the first thing that comes out because my brain already knows, ooh, this is going to be fun. Uh-huh. My brain already hey, not telling me something. He's gonna be in trouble. How bad do I want to lose my temper today? <laughs> well, for me, it really is sometimes it's like I don't want you to judge them too late based on this. But now knowing that every time I go to talk about someone that is in that situation. He already knows. He already knows. Yeah. Like I like he doesn't even have to know what it is. He just knows there's gonna be something. Like they're sweet could mean anything from like, well, they're a gay Republican, um, you know, with some racist tendencies. Uh, <laughs> and that's me being nice about it. Um, or, you know, like they're sweet. They're just also kind of a person you don't want to be alone with in a room because they may or may not sexually assault you. Mm-hmm. You know. Or they're like, sweet, but they're aligned with the Russian party and I don't know, have Nazi ter- tendencies. Yeah, yeah. But no, I've I never had caught that about myself till he pointed it out. Is every time you say that, <laughs> I'm not getting told the whole truth. There's a Paul Harvey moment a coming. Mm-hmm. Just brace myself. <laughs> My for version it. of bless their hearts. Yeah, just wait mm-hmm. for it because you know there will be an argument. <laughs> no, at this point I've absolved myself from an argument because you're not wrong and I can't help it. Um, that I say every time you've been told it's a red flag, you know, it's a red flag there. There is no point in getting mad at me later because you already knew because I started with, oh, they're so sweet. Uh Uh-huh. And I go, what's the rest of the story? Oh, nothing. Well, (laughs) well, (laughs) like, I don't know. I try to like not lead with someone's worst faults. But then some people just show up with them, and it's like, well, shit. <laughs> like the first minute I look at them, I can't determine their issues. I know. Like, save us some bread and butter. 
I just, I feel weird when I start by describing someone and, and like get into like things that I personally have issue with. Like, I want everyone to get judged on their own merit. Uh huh. Like, not just on what I think. Yeah, all you do, I love you, darling, but my glasses have a jaded scent to them. I know. Well, see, and that uh, to me that almost makes it worse. Uh huh. It it's like I already know you're gonna pick them apart. And like you can't you. help it. Like you're just sitting with like you know pre knowledge you shouldn't have anyway. Uh huh. That like what the hell's the point of you me even telling you? You're already gonna find out. So what the hell? Why do you even ask? You just set me up. Because eventually you will get over this behavior. Uh, five years, it hadn't happened yet. <laughs> well, I'm working on reprogramming 40 years of bullshit. No, see, we've had this conversation on the show. We've uh -huh. had this conversation on the show. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Dating is not a trip to Hobby Lobby's clearance section going, I need parts. I will you make it. I was adding I parts it. to you. You're recoding that's adding parts. No, that is not adding parts. Yeah. Oh, there's a poll for you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I just like somebody here, Joe, call me sweet. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, guys, since you're in the chat, if you teacher have to reframe your boyfriend not to be nice, is that recoding bad behavior? If you, I'm sorry, wait a second. You have to retrain your boyfriend to not be nice? Yes. That's our poll. That's our poll. Is it Hobby Lobbying your boyfriend? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's refurbishing. <laughs> Again, they are what they are when you buy them on the clearance rack or the display shelf or at the antique dealer or, you know, the the antiqu antiquity section of your local museum. Um, <laughs> what? I think everyone should have at least one lover who's about to kick the bucket. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you're 95, I'm willing, I'm willing. You write me in that will, I'm willing. Forget write you in will. Okay, let's talk about this. Okay, first of all, you don't want in the will. You want that handed to you signed over while still living. No, that's undue influence. No, it's not undue well, influence. You can sit and argue forever over that. Get it in the will. No, you know how easy? Challenge. No, 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 no. You get that shit handed to you. You get that cash put in your pocket mm -hmm. when they're alive. See, no, I, I, like, I always vote for get it in the will. No. Get it in the will because all you, the standard for a will, do you know what you got mm -hmm. and do you know who you're giving it to? Mm -hmm. And as long as someone can certify those two things and it is a witnessed signatured will, mm -hmm. 
You can fight and argue all you want to. It's very unlikely. You'll have to pay taxes on it. Well, depending upon how much you're getting. Well, two and a quarter million First dollars. million free. No, I'm no sorry. First this is just... Oh my God, this has just turned into the weirdest Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> we have a bowl about refurbishing your spouse. And we just talked. <laughs> oh God. I'm so sorry. Someone out there. <laughs> well, yeah, they're getting the lovey-dovey stuff all over the place. True, true, true. Okay, Brenda's at least willing to be on my side in terms of depends on where you get the parts and the code. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, if you get the code where you need to get the code at, which is their bad behavior they picked up from their exes, that's reprogramming. Or parents. Like, I'm sorry, you you like you you've had the misfortune of meeting like a couple. Do you think I'm wrong for developing that coping mechanism for like trying to introduce them to other human beings? Honey, I want to introduce the only thing I want to introduce most of your exes to, the three that I've met, is electroshock. Oh. Therapy and a few lobotomies. <laughs> oh. Ow. Like if this was the 1950s, I would have made $150 by now. Yeah, but see, Brenda, here's my point though, is the first million's free with inheritance. Um, but then you have to deal with gift taxes if you're getting it as a gift, which is what it would be. Either that or you got to do the whole, you're an employee and you, you you were paid effectively. And? I'm just saying the taxes, like that first million free. Mm -hmm. The first million is free on inheritance. Mm -hmm. Again, it's easier if you just go ahead and get it while they're living. Don't have to deal with the rotten children or the other 60 ex-wives. Everything is handled. Oh, fair. Fair. Alrighty. So how's our poll going? <laughs> well, one, Facebook won't let I mean, YouTube won't let me do a poll tonight. I don't know. They're having an issue. Oh, no poll. Yeah, that's why we're having them comment. We've got one for its refurbishment. Hell, at this point in the show, they're probably thinking you're trying to throw up a stripper pole. <laughs> That's the only thing we got left, honey. On on this uh, Valentine's episode, the only other place we can go is throw up a stripper pole and like. You know. Well, no. First of all, we don't throw up a stripper pole. We have it installed. If you put it up, words of warning: stripper poles <laughs> are meant to be anchored into <laughs> Oh, we're here. Okay, yeah. go ahead. What's what's your stripper pole advice? One, it needs to be put up on a real beam, not just the what you think is the solid ceiling. Two, it needs to be anchored into the ground. Three, it has a weight limit. 
pay attention to that when you buy it. It is like anything else. Alrighty. So I take it you're a fan of like home stripper lessons as long as you get the professional installation and maintenance. Yes, otherwise you'll break your damn neck. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm sorry, that was a thing a few years ago. Still is. Is it? Like, yes. are people still doing that? Yeah. I didn't know how that survived the Panini. Oh, it survived perfectly well. They actually are producing more income now. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. You know, because now they're cam girls and they can actually do the full strip piece on camera if it's installed professionally. Otherwise, you'll break your back. Well, see, I remember when, when women were doing this as like a valentine's day gift or an anniversary gift like they were going they were taking classes they were learning how to to strip mm -hmm. as part of adding you know romance and spontaneity to their relationships uh, right like that was one of the advertisings um you know and that it was a healthy like it's actually really healthy exercise mm -hmm. um so I don't know. I, I'm just wondering how many people went from that, or was that just the nice way to talk about it? I think that's the nice way to talk about it. Okay. So basically, you know, why don't you get your husband to lap dance this Valentine's Day? Mm -hmm. Um, turned in what was actually read by everyone as make more money, become a cam girl. Well, you know, freelancing is a thing now, and you know. The bills have doubled. You know, we've had, you know, Smexy, uh, the uh, fans of Only, and, you know, the admirers are there. Um, well, now, based on Brenda's comment alone, you're getting a stripper poll. Oh, okay. She said, and I quote, Dang, Joe, if he puts up a stripper poll, we will have to cash app all kinds of coffee to him. Uh-huh. Bring it. Bring it. One, I'd have to get a different studio. The problem with this studio is one, a pole, there is no beam to attach the pole. Sweetie, or, you don't have room to swing a cat, let alone your hips. Well, I don't have I don't have room to swing in here to begin with. Um, <laughs> but the other problem is is none of the beams in the house actually will support a sling or a stripper pole. True. So, you know, we'd have to get a new studio for that so yes if if you would like to send money to at ace and night you can do that and it will all go towards getting a new studio for his stripper pole um you can do that on cash app and venmo yes which you know it brings up a good thing you know thank you brenda for that sachet into it you will now notice that we have our ads at the below our names. You can definitely, you know, buy us coffee um, with our cash apps, definitely. Oh, you can buy me uh, dirty chais. And um, no, my surgeon prevents me from swinging on a strip pole. See, I don't understand why either. Because... I'm sorry. Because I'll break my neck. No, you won't. You're more likely to break your arm. Have you seen me walk? Yes, I've seen you walk. Well, and you're true. I'd be more likely to break my arm. 
you'd more likely dislocate your shoulder as you're coming up or going down. Because mm-hmm. two things that you have to be in control of in general going up the pole is your arm and where you're bending in at to support your weight and your um, the use of your hips and the ability to you know control that vertical point between the inner of the leg and the upper thigh of the other leg and make sure that you can grip and ungrip comfortably without dislocating your hips. Meanwhile, I'll end up at the emergency room going, well, my partner was really sweet and he got me dance lessons and I fail. Um, <laughs> One, I ain't the rest of the dance story. lessons. I'll take you myself and teach you. <laughs> the next time I get you in a bar, you're getting on a dance floor. Oh, good Lord. Oh... Well, it took you five years to get me into one the first time. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, five years from now, we can... <laughs> no, hopefully the Yule Ball will occur next year. I'll remember to wear either take my dance shoes or remember to have my dance shoes with me. And we will get you dancing. Okay. You cannot have white boy not dance. <laughs> Well, it's not that I can't dance. I'm just better at, like, ballroom. Well, ballroom, as long as you get the you can't do ballroom in, in a club. Yes, you can. You cannot. People are too close. Bullshit. Yes, you can. I'll slap 15 of them just trying to, like, you know, spin around. No, you won't. All right. Anyhow. Guys, we've had a great night. We hope you've enjoyed our banter and our coverage of the news. Please remember to do the like in the YouTube things and do the like, share, subscribes. Um, as a reminder, I will be back on Thursday night with uh, coffee and tea. And then we're back again with Mountain Bears, where we cover LGBT topics and issues around the world. With that, we will let Joe take it from the top. All right, so of course we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Dottie the Psychic, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a Patreon sponsor and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. All right, guys, you have an amazing night. Good night. Good night. Happy Valentine's Day. You can't tell me the deck is stacked. You can't whisper behind my back. You can't show me how the odds are up against me all day long. But I've been through the fire and come out alive And there's no more fear in my eyes Well now I'm rising And you can't bring me down You can't stop me now